Welcome to the EchoCast. I am Bond, and this is a special episode where we will be interviewing, or really just chatting with, Mr. Holthen. Uh, Mr. Holthen uh, is a established Mass Effect content creator. He's uh, especially on YouTube, but he also streams on Twitch and uh, has, you know, obviously a presence on social media and Twitter and so on. Um, I really wanted to have him on just to chat about how he got started in games, content creation, and then obviously uh, talk about Mass Effect and nerd out together. So um, go ahead and take a listen. Uh, make sure to subscribe to this channel if you like this kind of content. Be sure to check out my other stuff. I've got 50 plus Mass Effect videos uh, that are mostly speculation videos and news updates about things that we are hearing. Um, take a listen to the show. Let us know what you think down in the comments, and uh, we'll go from there. Okay, so uh, today I have uh, Mr. Holthen. I assume that's what you would like to go by. Um, Alex is also fine. Or uh, Alec or Alex? Alex. Alexander, but... Alex. Alexander, okay, great. Um, and we'll be talking... Uh, most people are going to come to this video to listen to us talk about Mass Effect, but first, we're going to talk about other stuff. Um, so, Alex, I, I kind of... I'm curious about, well, let's start with games. Um, what was your introduction to gaming? <laughs> Dude. Yep. Uh, let's see. I think I mentioned it on my stream yesterday. Uh, Nintendo 64 was my first console ever. Uh, and that was playing Super Mario 64. Then I played Legend of Zelda, Ocarina of Time. Those were my first games. Man, you set ever. the bar high. To start, I, I did. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, and then I kind of moved on to Game Boy. You, you know, I was in the entire Nintendo Renaissance, basically, and uh, I didn't play like PlayStation up until I don't know when I was like uh, twelve, maybe. I wasn't really into the whole PlayStation thing until then. I think. Sure. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, it was Nintendo first, uh, and then Mass Effect was probably. Was it like a year after it launched that I got into that? So, yeah. Jeez. I've been in so, the bubble. Yeah, for real. Now, um, what's your kind of primary way of playing these days? Are you more of a PC player? Do you still game on consoles? What's your uh, preferred mm -hmm. method at this point? Today, I like playing like all consoles I can. I also play on a Switch sometimes. I play okay. Pokemon. So Sure. <laughs> and I also played... Uh, basically most of the bigger launches on switch and then of course playstation 5 with uh like horizon this year or last year should i say and then we had god of war <laughs> and you know for, for anyone curious we're recording this on new year's day so yeah. when we start talking about dates it's going to be weird <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> but anyway so yeah so uh i i prefer to play on basically everything pc i primarily use to record for my videos so because i mostly talk about basically every game i play on the channel already uh sure. which are usually pc games sure yeah it's um it, it's interesting for me i have a, a pretty good computer i have you know I, I should play on my computer i have a nice enough computer that's what i should play on but i always find myself on my xbox i just yeah there's something it just works 
I, just, I don't have to worry about driver updates. I don't have to worry about anything. I can yeah. use, I have two monitors, so I can like do computer stuff on one, play games on the other. They don't affect each other. It's great. So, yeah, I, um, I agree. yeah it's, it's, it's kind of that. I've never gotten into the whole like the PC master race thing, which I still yeah. find a weird term. Um, it, but, it, and then the whole console, like all that, like I just, I've played on both since I was a little kid. Um, yeah. And so I've never, I've never had that like one is better than the other. They just do different things. And, and nowadays you can hardly even say that they kind of do the same thing nowadays. Um, yeah. they're, they're, it's, it's, it's closer than it's ever been. Yeah. Um, these are mostly like a workstation now. I, I consider it to be yeah. a workstation because like for the Witcher review, the Witcher three mm -hmm. next gen, I played that on a PS five. I got a code for a PS five because I wanted to try out the, uh, haptic feedback. Uh, oh, okay. And, yeah. Uh, the dual sense. You no, know, I, I heard a lot after the game released. I heard all this shit about how uh, the um, uh, how the PC version was so buggy, and I mm -hmm. didn't experience that because I played it played it on the PS5. Because sure. It was wonderful. Basically, yeah. no bugs. It's really funny how that stuff works, and you can see the studios that um, develop like game like like PC first or console first. Um, and, and you can typically see that because the other one suffers. Um, yeah. and, and especially was it, was it the Witcher three remake that started with another studio with a third party and then they brought it back to CD project red. Um, I, I think it was, and I yeah, I'm fairly certain that was a story like a year or two ago that they had contracted it out. It wasn't going well. So they brought it back in house and, I'm assuming with some maybe leftover devs from content they're not making for cyberpunk, my assumption was always that they moved people to that in, um, yeah. instead. So, um, okay. Well, that's so, so you game, um, we'll definitely talk about mass effect. That's, that's a, that's a, that's a note there, but, um, what got you into and when did you start doing content creation and stuff like that? Uh, that was, uh, the first real video, I guess. I mean, you could basically, rewind this back to up to the you know leading up to the launch of mass effect 3 um okay. and when they released the demo for mass effect 3 so what i did is i basically just uploaded the the reaper sound effects that's where my channel started back in 2012 and oh, the wow. people okay. were looking like you know oh, the reaper sound effects are so cool mm -hmm. and, and um and then um basically the channel just that that's all i uploaded on the channel and then uh on uh let's see what was it december 2020 when the teaser for the next mass effect released i made a reaction video for that for the the game awards yep yeah that kind of not blew up but it got quite a bit of views and quite a bit of subscribers there and then uh jacksepticeye checked out my reaper sound effects video oh, on wow. his video okay which drew a bunch of people <laughs> to my channel is that I like oh, okay i got is that still that. your biggest video uh no actually oh, no. wow it's my cool. my biggest video is of course my uh you know <laughs> my cyberpunk 2077 mod videos with questionable thumbnails and well, yeah and <laughs> and my uh what was it the tripod uh the tripods explained from war of the worlds that's oh. probably my most viewed video weird okay yeah. how funny <laughs> Sure. Like in total, of course, Mass Effect is the most viewed topic. On the of course. Show, but, but then it's there's just also a couple random. 
Yeah, it's not really related. How funny. Now, um, can you, if you remember, because I can, I'll, I'll do the same afterwards. Um, what was your setup like at first? Your recording and editing setup? Um, just out of curiosity. The thing is, I had actually started trying to stream over on Twitch like a year before or two years before. I was one of those struggling streamers, you know. I was like, ah, oh, trying to get up there. Didn't work. Was that before so, 2020 or in oh, 2012? Yeah. 2000, or 2018, maybe. That's where oh, I started, okay. I think. Okay. But it didn't go anywhere. Uh, and uh, it, it's super hard to grow on Twitch organically, of course. So I just Oh, trust up. me. I know. <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, um, uh, I had already because of that bought a mic that was a uh, Rode uh, uh, NT, I think it's called. So sure. I had a pretty substantial mic. Oh, and yeah. then I had just my webcam C920. But now, of course, I have a system camera. I just used a little bit of the YouTube money for that. So well, sure, and the, yeah. and, the, and the mic here is a uh, shotgun mic, is what it's called. Sure, yeah. Yeah, the, the hyper-directional um, yeah, kind of exactly. setup. My first setup was, uh, so I started off as a, uh, the division creator, uh, the Ubisoft game, yeah, uh, I the saw Ubisoft that. series. And um, I got into that. I, that game came out in 2016, the first one. Yeah. And basically, I was involved in the community. I had never made YouTube videos. I had never streamed. I just, I didn't understand. Like, I, I just didn't think about it. And... There were so many people who made videos for that game who were just really mean. They were just jerks. They it was really? just but they were really popular. It was really weird. And so there was this like really lame idea I had of like, well, I'll go be a nice one. I'll go be one of the nice people who makes content. And yeah. I had I mean it was a it was a mess. My first stream I started streaming in 2017 before I even did videos or anything. And um my first setup was uh, one uh, got a 20 inch screen, a really old computer, and I had an Xbox One. And the only way I could capture uh, footage was I'm not sure if you're familiar with the Xbox app on Windows, um, but you can no. you can basically stream your Xbox to an app and play on your computer screen. Okay. Um, and so I would I would play through that app and I would capture that window for my game capture. I had a, some cheapo like Logitech headset with the boom mic. That was yes. my mic. I mean, that's, that's where it started. Right. Um, and then it went from there. I have a, I have a much nicer setup now, but it's, it's funny how I, I think that's a good thing though. Cause I think if you start off with everything perfect, you know, it's, it's, you know, you don't have that like organic, uh, kind of feel um, as, yeah. as it comes up. The thing is, I've noticed that as much as I've uh, invested in a new mic and invested in a new camera, it doesn't seem to really uh, matter much for retention and stuff like that for how long people keep watching. As long as you provide some form of information that people want to grab onto. Uh, the thing is, like, my retention has increased somewhat, like, you know, the average view time for people. But it's like very slightly, and I think that's mostly because of my subscribers are Mass Effect fans, so people sure. just watch longer because they're interested in what I have to say. They're there but, for you. Yeah, like that's basically what has become. Whenever I'm talking about Mass Effect, of course, whenever it's something else, they're like, <laughs> "Fuck that! I don't want to watch anything." Oh. Yeah. Yep. Um, 
but yeah so i don't think the the uh equipment really matters anymore there's like huge streamers that still use those you know uh as you said those little mics the little boom mic yeah yeah it's... because it's just a charm it's just a thing because you can still hear what you're saying sure you can still see you so it doesn't really matter uh depends you know wh how what what kind of content you do um but yeah so I've, I've noticed it doesn't really matter unless you're streaming of course it seems to sure. work better by then you know having better quality now i know you've i've seen you talk about um before so are, are you full-time content creator is that your main gig at this point yeah we'll see what happens uh throughout the year now because um this, <laughs> unfortunately like I, i'm sure you don't really I, most people don't really care about this but uh the swedish um irs basically they're called skatteverket okay uh, they're they're, they're it's the most swedish annoying. word i've ever heard okay yeah it's, it's, they're they're the tax federal uh, whatever okay. uh, the government and uh i don't really know how to pay tax i have my, paid my taxes but now they got back to me in december and were like hey we think uh it might be that you've filled in something wrong here so i'm like oh shit so I probably have to pay more taxes and whatnot i don't know maybe i will have to get another job just to pay up the tax that i missed out on i don't really so know. it's like trying to classify what kind of work you do or something yeah they're trying okay. to figure out okay are you having a is this a company or is it just a hobby because as soon as you earn more than a full-time job then it's not a hobby anymore and it's sure. kind of on the line for me i don't make that much money as some people might think no i yeah. make maybe 80 percent of a full-time job it's not sure that much, sure unfortunately because we're talking about gaming here like the cpm yeah. is really low low yeah uh, so yeah you kind of have to make bangers to make any good money <laughs> sure that's that's why you see like those people who have like yeah those people who can pull half a million a million views a video they're living yeah. pretty good but yeah. that's for every one of those there's a thousand people who get less than 50 views yeah, and yeah, you yeah. know yourself is someone who falls in the middle somewhere there yeah. where you know you're obviously more successful than someone who's just getting started or who has that really low uh, amount but you're not you know cracking off giant no. bangers every time because it's really hard it's it's yeah, not easy it is super difficult. and it's not certainly not possible when you're just talking about mass effect unfortunately someone like maybe star wars theory can keep talking about star wars and make a lot of money but sure. that's because star wars is like a hundred times wars. bigger than <laughs> mm -hmm. star wars so and yeah an interesting topic i see people bring up a lot though is how um and, and you're kind of seeing the other side of this, I guess, is that um, with Americans, it's weird for people to try to basically just quit and go for it because we don't have universal health care and things like that, um, where I've seen that, you know, they said I've seen people talk about like, well, there's a reason a lot of content creators are European. <laughs> like, it's not a coincidence. Um, now, yeah. there's obviously like exactly the situation you're talking about. It's not like the government just says, yes, stream or make videos yeah. we'll take care of you like obviously there's yeah, other that's the thing that's a huge misconception that people mm -hmm. seem to think about like sweden that uh, our government is like yeah sure absolutely you should start a company you no, don't have to do anything highest taxes mm -hmm. like we are one of the highest taxed countries in the world like sure. after from what i've figured out after a lot of work <laughs> and that's all also the thing there's no real rule book in sweden of how you exactly form a company and how much you're supposed to pay but when all is said and done 
after I've paid my taxes and shit like that, mm-hmm. I get to keep maybe 40% sure. of what I, and it's, you know, it's just like, wow, that's, uh, <laughs> that's less than I, you know, than I can pay my rent. So, um, it kind of sucks sometimes. I love being a content creator, but, uh, it's, it's definitely more stressful than I thought being a full-time content creator. Uh, because you have to think about these things all the time. You have to keep hunting all those, you know, view numbers. And then, we, of course, we have the Swedish safety net, which isn't really that big sure. of a deal. Sure, like the healthcare, I I can agree with. Like it mm-hmm. costs me maybe like, what is it? Uh, 20 bucks to get an examination in Sweden. Sure. Uh, and then the doctor sends me to an appointment and I don't have to pay. That's basically how it works. But... When it comes to other stuff, uh, <laughs> like you know, uh, quitting j- your job. If you quit your job, you're not guaranteed a form of you know compensation just because you quit your job. Oh, you have to quit okay. Quit your job if you're supposed to have any form of money, uh, just you know to be able to pay your bills. You have to provide a good reason, like you have to have a health problem or something like that. Otherwise, they shut you off for, I think it's like two months or something. So you're completely without money if you do that. So, you know, oh, it's wow. not that good as people think it is. It's, oh, it's this awesome utopia. No. <laughs> because they're, um, and this is just from some people I know from the United States who went to work at Massive um, for Ubisoft. Don't you have to have, and you please correct me here, um, but like a, like a resident code or something to like get a bank account. And then that allows the government to have some control over your access and stuff. Yeah. You have to have some form of postal code that you're registered to. Okay. For sure. Okay. Yeah. And then you have to enter your, uh, get entered into the, uh, the, the national registry. I think. Okay. I think that's why I was, that's why I was referring to. So you have all those issues. Um, and then, you know, like you had said before, like chasing the views and stuff like that. And because you, you're a Mass Effect content creator, obviously you do other stuff. Yeah. Um, but that's, you know, that's, you know, where your viewers are. are and, yeah. <laughs> and so like what I think I see, and I've even seen it myself, and I've been learning my own lesson while I've been trying to make my own content and stuff, is that like, yeah, I don't want to make a thumbnail with my face going like. Yeah. <laughs> but you, but you have to, right? like yeah it's um that's something i didn't think was a thing before but lately especially during n7 day i noticed that whenever i was going like whoa shit oh you know mm-hmm. uh the or the click through rate got much higher because whenever i used like shepherd's face and he did like a oh shocked face sure the, no, I, I'm not kidding. Like the percentage went lower, and maybe just two percent lower, but it that's a lot. That matters. How many people it gets pushed out to? So sure. some videos just did maybe thirty, forty percent better because of that extra click through rate. And, and uh, same with titles. The same with it's. Yeah, it's, and, and that's the thing. What I always try to do with my thumbnails now, or well, I've tried to do it the last year. That's mm-hmm. a lesson I learned because. When I started doing these big Dan inspired videos where I mm-hmm. uh, uh, where I asked, oh, what happens if you do this, right? I got the idea from him. Obviously, we've talked about that, you know. Sure. Uh, and uh, <laughs> the thing is, I started being a little too clickbaity. I realized that, 
And then during the last year, I've tried to make this into a reverse clickbait situation where I make the topic about the thing that I am, you know, sort mm -hmm. of clickbaiting about, but I try to make sure that I deliver on the promise and that I don't just, you know, talk about something entirely different that has nothing to do with whatever it is. I, I always try to make sure that I stick on the point, but that I try sure. to hype it up as much as possible and try to deliver. And looking at my retention and looking at the comments, most of the time it's worked pretty well because I usually have like a, I think it's 97% like rate, which is good because then you yeah. know people are actually appreciating what you're talking about. And people will let you know if you didn't fulfill. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, mm -hmm. But the, that those comments have lessened over the last year. Uh, they were definitely more prevalent when I started making, you know, those videos. Uh, sure. Like, oh, uh, what happens if you do this? Um, so I, I think I'm on the right path, but uh, reverse clickbait is basically the best way right now to get anywhere on YouTube. There are still pretty huge YouTubers that still do it. You know, the mm -hmm. the average click, you know, where they don't yeah. deliver. There are some content creators that I keep watching that do that stuff still, but they're so overall liked that it really doesn't matter if they could like they could almost do anything yeah. and they, they would get clicks yeah it's yeah i i think it's just a thing that people don't realize and it's something that i've learned um even with my really small channel is that it's you can play the game or not yeah it's up to you and you and there's there's different levels of playing the game but like if you want to grow it's you know you have to buy in a little bit like you you, you have, have to, to be willing somehow like if you're supposed yeah. to and the thing is uh making it interesting i mean like you have to make it super interesting you have to make it irresistible for people to not click on it and that's unfortunately just how youtube works because youtube pushes when you have to do these things uh, like ja sean jacksepticeye he talked about that just a few months ago he hates how YouTube has become this sort of clickbait mania where if you don't do that, you're you're not going to grow because it's everywhere. You know, you have to compete with everybody else on what type of thumbnails and titles you do. And it has to be interesting enough. Uh, the the longer we go, I think it's it's getting harder and harder to become a YouTuber, especially a full time content creator, because oh, so yeah. many people are doing it. So many people are like fighting for that. And YouTube just keeps suggesting videos that have a high click-through rate. It doesn't really suggest it to your subscribers. Like I've your had so many subscribers or... tell me, you know, oh, I, I, I'm not getting your videos whenever you're talking about something. Notifications, yeah. Like, yeah, it's super freaking annoying and I hate it, but you got to do what you got to do. <laughs> well, and what's wild for me is like as someone who like I, I'm a social worker in my day-to-day -day life. That's my full-time yeah. gig. And I've done that for over 10 years now. And so I have that, like, 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 that's my, that's my Sweden. That's my miraculous, like that, that's my, where, what, that's what I do. But, and with this stuff, it's always been for fun. But what's interesting is that, like, I got, I was, I started off with the division one, then division two came out. Um, that was fun because I like got to go, I got to go to E3 in 2018 um, on, on Ubisoft's dime. That was awesome. I stayed in like the nicest hotel I'll, I'll ever see. It was wild. Um, and then they also sent me out to San Francisco before that game came out, the second game, um, to play it like two months before anyone else did. And that was really cool. But, you know, that game came out 
and it's waned. And then I, and we'll talk about this more very shortly, played Mass Effect for the first time. And I was like, <laughs> I want to talk about that game a lot. <laughs> and that was after the, the 2020 teaser trailer came out. Yeah. So I, like I, I, it was an embarrassment of riches for me of like, wow, this series is amazing. How did I never play it? And there's another one coming. Like I haven't gone through that pain of that 10 plus year wait. You know, yeah. Andromeda, I know, came out. We'll talk about that, too. But it's for me, what was interesting is I was like, cool, I'm going to jump into this. Surely there's not that much competition. And so I went from a an OK known the division creator that was doing OK numbers and stuff like that. And then I switched over, not entirely, but a lot. Yeah. And and even in a really, what I would call a pretty small content creator community, for now, that's obviously going to change as the new game comes closer. But like even just trying to get a foothold in what's a pretty calm, small community at this point, yeah, because of how YouTube works now, because of how social media and all that stuff is working, even for me, who's someone I consider myself fairly experienced in this stuff. It's been like starting over. It's been like ripping all the pages out the book and just learning again. And, um, it's, it's kind of fun, but for me, it's fun because my life doesn't depend on it. It's, right. it's, it's, it's a thing that if my video gets 50 views, cool. 50 people, uh, uh, two roomfuls of people watch my video. That's really cool. Yeah. But I'm not like sweating it. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. I want it to be better. Like, yeah. I, I want a stadium of people to watch my videos. But, um, but it's okay if it doesn't happen. That. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's, so it's just that that whole thing is interesting. And, um, yeah. Well, that's we, we've. Let's talk about Mass Effect. So, <laughs> what? This is what I've been itching for. Um, so, how did you get into Mass Effect? What was your first? Uh, not even playing it. Like, were you into the first game before it even came out? Was that something that it was grabbing your interest? No, then? no, no. it's like um, it was that point when I played it after the first year that it, you know, launched. I think I heard about it at first when it launched, but I wasn't really interested in uh, gaming back then because I was a teenager. I was, you know, out hanging out with my friends, whatnot. Uh, video games are not cool anymore. Ugh, you know, sure. But uh, no, I played a lot of Counter Strike. That's what I did, okay. of course. Uh, and uh, because Sweden was huge on Counter Strike for a while. Sure, sure. Um, and then, um, well, I played Mass Effect after the first year it had come out, and uh, I fell in love. I I literally cried at the end. <laughs> I was like, I think the 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 thing is, Mass Effect was the first game that actually made me cry. At sure. the end, because I sure. not because I was sad, but because I was so freaking inspired. I was like, "Holy oh, yeah. shit, this is amazing! I want more." And then Mass Effect Two came out. I cried again, and then Mass Effect Three came out. I cried, but then at the end, I got enraged and I freaked <laughs> out and I threw a chair. You know, oh, <laughs> so I've been in the bubble for a while. But then after Mass Effect Three, I kind of, I uh, I lost all interest in playing it after the original you know ending sure and then when they released the extended cut i still had a really hard time playing it again because the memories were so still like still so fresh that oh none of my choices mattered doesn't matter who cares i don't care anymore i loved most of the game but i i became very resentful of it and then uh i i sort of just didn't think about mass effect up until uh the teaser got out oh wow i was like 
Oh shit! <laughs> sure, sure. Of and course, it, I played Andromeda, but you know, I was disappointed in sure. Andromeda. Heavily disappointed. I played it when it, you know, arrived. Of course, I was hyped for it. You know, with sure. the teaser trailer for uh, when he's the 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 time of type of Western theme that they had going in the teaser trailers. You know, Ghost Rider. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I was like, holy shit, this is amazing. And I got into it again. Played Andromeda, and I was like. The marketing so, team did a great job before that game came out. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But then, you know, I don't hate it. I'm actually replaying it right now mm-hmm. just because I'm going to video about it. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it was a completely different vibe back then. And sure. um, yeah, I started getting into the bubble again after Shams, Jacksepticeye's video. Yeah. That's when I really started making content. The My biggest shame with all of this is that so i am new to mass effect as of the legendary edition that's Um, not a shame there's a lot of people oh well but no here's my shame so um i'm 34 so that means i was in college when all three games came out from the trilogy Hmm. what that also means is that i worked at gamestop through all four years of college which also means i worked all three midnight releases for all three games and never played any of them. You were never. I <laughs> never. I was a Call of Duty Madden football. I was that guy in college. I was the jock bro. That's just I didn't care about. Oh, I can do it with aliens. Like whatever. Right. Like I don't. Like, and it's and it's funny because and that's just kind of how it was. And then I have two memories between then and the Legendary Edition where it was in like 2015. I randomly went down the rabbit hole of like the relationship compilations yeah. and being like, Oh, this is a game. Like I didn't like, cause it Giant. was like people who, who had compiled like the, all three games and the real, and the, the romances for each character. And I remember watching like every one of them and being like, that's interesting. But that first game looks old and I am not going to play that. <laughs> that looks rough. And then around 2000, probably 16 or 17 I started working with a guy at my job um who like almost monthly would be like well this was in the lead up to Andromeda he's like hey have you ever played Mass Effect because we're like the only two gamers in our office yeah and he's like have you ever played Mass Effect I was like nerd stuff no of course I haven't and he just like every month would harp on me and be like, hey, you got to play it. And then Andromeda came out. I didn't know anything about Andromeda. I just saw the videos. I saw people making videos. I saw the big eyes. I saw the terrible animations. And I remember going to work and just dunking on this poor man and just be no. like, oh, good game, dork. <laughs> like, so then he keeps on me about it. And I never played Andromeda at the time. And then in 2020, they announced the Legendary Edition. And my big hang-up with the trilogy was that it looked pretty bad, at least the first game. The Mass yeah. Effect 3 still looks pretty good today, but yeah. and even 2 is decent. But 1 looked pretty dated. And so the Legendary Edition got announced. He literally texted me, like, the moment it happened. He's like, eh? Like, come okay. on. And so I was like, okay, whatever. Like, I pre-ordered it. And then I just stopped thinking about it. And then that teaser trailer came out. And I was like, I don't know anything about this series. I don't know who that blue lady is. I don't know what's going on. But that music and just the it like I remember being like, I don't know why, but I am 
I didn't even know what it meant. See, I didn't know that there weren't like more games coming. Like I yeah. didn't know that that was like a, a thing that people didn't know about. So I just remember being like, we'll continue. Well, I, yeah, it's Mass Effect, right? Like, of course, aren't there like eight games? Like, I just yeah. didn't know. And, yeah. and then Legendary Edition came out and it's been, well, so Legendary Edition came out in, was it March of 2021? Uh, May, and, I think it was. Oh, May. And I'm on my 13th playthrough. So for whatever, and, and I don't, and I play other games. Like, it's not like that's, I, I, I play shooter games. Like I, I like other stuff as well, but I've obviously, you know, fallen. And yeah. so well, it's, it's the rabbit hole. Can't yeah. get out. So what, what, what I really enjoy with talking about people like you is, is getting, like, I have, I experienced mass effect, the ups and the downs, um, as a 33, 34 year old man. Not if I would have played them when they came out, I would have been like in my late teens uh, and early 20s. And I would have probably I would have enjoyed it. I wouldn't have it wouldn't have affected me the same way as I as it did as an adult. So uh, so how do like I guess for you, you know, do you feel like that's been a thing for you that you had your initial playthrough back then and you played it and you got mad at, at three and all that? Um, like, do you feel like you look back at at that differently now because of your age or, or anything like that? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I actually think that's one of the reasons why a lot of people. Uh, I, I think now I'm just theorizing here, but I think that because I was basically in what like in the group of toxic male gamer fans, I guess you sure. could say that. Sure. I wasn't a mean asshole to people online or anything. I I, I kept quiet about being mad about it. I just you whined like had about the it attitude, kind of. That's my brother. I was like, "Oh fuck this shit game!" Or you yeah. know, I went off on it privately. And um, but I I guess I was I was pretty toxic about it, um, if that's even a word you can say nowadays. But I I realized that I was maybe a little too harsh on it back then because I am, of course twice as old, old almost now or well what is sure. it, 10 12 years ago uh but yeah 10 years ago 10 yeah, 11 since three yeah. um yeah so uh i can definitely see a, i have a different perspective of it and uh since i hadn't replayed the games ever since uh the extended cut released which was also back in 2012 i think or 2013 mm -hmm. I kind of had a fresh perspective when I started playing it again. I remembered basically everything. Sure. Uh, but I was more open to the extended cut. So when I played it, I was like, oh, okay. Now this does seem to make more sense now that, now that I'm playing it right now. Not perfect, but, but better. <laughs> yeah. And uh, the thing is, I remember those days when people went off on it and basically the entire internet just agreed that like the, the the original endings just were, were not what people were promised but i think sure. that's also kind of where it all maybe not started but it started to originate this idea of this sort of you know gamer entitlement i guess you could say but sure. then again i do feel like there's a reason why that's 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 a thing and why it's not I don't think sh people should necessarily look, look down upon the entitlement factor because gamers or Mass Effect fans were promised 
what was it 16 different endings or whatever oh really okay yeah we didn't get that so i am Mm. still (laughs) i'm still irritated about it but it's sort of like you know no man's sky and games like that where it's released in a shitty state and they fix it and it's better now and it's actually pretty good now Mm -hmm. and you know i i kind of let it go uh, and I accepted it for what it was, and I appreciated the devs working on it. Same as No Man's Sky, that is, that mm-hmm. they actually did put work into it to fix it. And that feeling yeah, that of game's gratitude, crazy. At this yeah, point. Like the, the feeling, the feeling of gratitude to the developers, mm-hmm. sort of over has overwritten the, sure. the toxicity, I guess. So uh, yeah, that's. Uh, I definitely have a different perspective today. It's it's weird for me as someone who only played it recently. Well, like one, like releasing that legendary edition, even if it wasn't like a full remake, which it didn't need to be. The the remaster was fine, I think, because it seems like the goal was for them to pull in people like me and especially pull in people who are in their 20s who, you know, were, were literally children when these games came out or maybe weren't born. And and for me, it's so interesting to go back and, and watch these documentaries and these interviews and stuff uh, about like the cupcakes that, that people sent to the studio that were three different colors, yeah. but all the same color on the inside about like all of this stuff as someone who's who never experienced the original endings. I've only experienced the best way to play the game. Right. And um obviously that paints my take on it a lot differently. Like, you know, where I've, I see people who are maybe justifiably like burned by Bioware, um, even just by the trilogy, not even talking about Andromeda and Anthem and stuff like that. Um, it's so interesting, but cause for me, it just doesn't make sense. I'm like, eh, come on, relax. But you have to put yourself in people's shoes back then that like when I played mass effect the first time, I played the first one and then I immediately played the second one and then I immediately played the third one that was finished. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, like, like you and other people played the first one and had to wait two years and then played the second one and waited two years and then played the third one and had to wait longer for the best version of it to come. So it's, 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 it's weird for me because I want to be like defensive about it sometimes, but and some people are just so ridiculous 10 years later, like so toxic and so like vehemently awful. It's like, okay, bro. Like you're like in your thirties now, chill out. Like it's, yeah. <laughs> like, it's There's still vitriol going on still. It's uh, so, yeah. It, you can I look at myself and I was like, uh, you know, it's like, I'm looking at my old self and I'm like, dude, you're being a fucking child. Yeah. What the hell? Do <laughs> it's like, I know that it's, it was a disappointment. We were promised a bunch of stuff as OG fans. Sure. And we necessarily, like, we didn't necessarily get that. But at some point, you have to let it go. And even if, you know, I don't necessarily say that I trust them 100%, I do believe in the vision they've shown so far. Sure. That's why I'm so hyped about it. Yeah. And then also, content creation back then was also kind of different because there weren't very, very many YouTubers that made theory videos and stuff like that about what's going to happen in the next game. So yeah. everybody kept having these different expectations of what was going to happen in Mass Effect 3 because of the different choices. Sure. So when everything just boiled down to three choices, everybody just went absolutely wild. And um, that's why I think content creation is actually a good thing because 
when you have these theories where we can discuss what could happen, what could not happen, what not, it opens people to different ideas and to not expect their own headcanon to be completely right. That's sure. also why I feel like whenever we're talking about Mass Effect theories, you have to make sure. I, I sometimes miss out on talking about that point, but we have to make sure that people understand that these are just theories. These are just ideas. It's fun to discuss them, but it's also important to discuss them because it opens up ideas to other people. Sure. Uh, because that was what happened back in the day. We didn't have that. We just had a lot of different ideas. We like There was the Bioware forums, uh, but yeah. generally people had their own ideas of what was, what was going to happen and they didn't get it. But I think that's mainly why people got so pissed off because we had all our different ways of interpreting it. Well, I think now, and and maybe not as much as I would like, I feel like with at least more like serious gamers, there's more of an understanding uh, about game development and stuff now where like, you know, you, you go back and you listen to the stories from X Bioware devs and stuff about, you know, what happened with Mass Effect 3 and things like that. And it's like with most games that that come out to to some type of controversy you almost always end up getting like a post-mortem of like oh okay that makes sense like that makes sense why that happened like it's it, 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 there's almost always and it, it's not necessarily an excuse it's not necessarily a um you know it, it doesn't mean that people can't be upset or mad but the, a big thing for me and this is coming from my division days is getting to know like i got to know you know, a, a dozen developers pretty closely. So when something was going crazy and the community was just hanging them for it, I could ask a dev like, hey, what's going on with that? And they would explain to me, uh, yeah, that part of the engine, we thought we could fix that issue. And then we did, but they broke something else in a different part of the game. So we had to reverse it. And now we realize that we actually have to deconstruct the whole part of the engine and rebuild it to fix that one issue that started off. And you start to talk to people. One, you start to realize how complex all this stuff is. And two, you get to know the humans behind it. And I feel yeah. like that's something that's a lot more prevalent now than it was 10, 15 years ago. Um, partially because of people like you and, and people who make videos and try to teach people about and talk to people about games, new ideas, theories, stuff like that. But also because the game dev studios are more proactive about like, here's the people working on this game. Like, yeah. here's their faces. Here's their sweet little children. Please don't yeah. send them death threats. You know, yeah. like, like it's stuff like that. Like, I feel like they, they do a better job now. Um, and so, yeah, it, it is funny as a new fan of the series who I was like generally aware of what was happening. I remember the controversy of the end of three and stuff like that. Um, but I remember it as like, it just passed me by. Like, I remember being like, oh, people are pretty mad about that on, on dig.com because that was before Reddit, you know, it was dig. And, uh, or at least it was here in the States. And, um, and it was just, I don't know. It's, it's interesting to look back on. Um, I want, you know, like you, I have the tendency to want to like look down on the people and be like, oh, you were being so ridiculous. But like you kind of said, it's like, you kind of get it. There was a lot of expectation. Um, yeah. And then it came to what amounted to, because now was the refusal ending even in the original? No, they added. So it was just three. Yeah, it was just three. Uh, okay. They said, of course, I think it, it was even Casey Hudson that said it, if I don't misremember, maybe it was some, someone else. 
but I th someone said there was like at least 16, 16 different endings. And Jeremy Johns on his channel, he brought it up in his review. He said like, yeah, technically there are 16 different endings, but the details are so small that it doesn't matter. And okay. we didn't see what happened uh, to the galaxy after the choice. We just sure. saw the Normandy crash on the planet. Uh, and, and we're we still did. dealing with those problems today with the lead up to this next game, which will, what are, we, we, we can get into that. Yeah. yeah. It's so before we get into the next game, cause that's what I, uh, you and I uh, obviously have lots of fun talking about that. Um, yeah. I do at least want to touch on Andromeda. And so do you remember what it was like for you in the lead up? Like, what were you thinking? Kind of what were things like for you before Andromeda came out and then your reaction when it did come out? And then kind of how do you feel like that's changed uh, to today? Uh, let's see here. I don't really remember where I was exactly when Andromeda released. I think I lived at home with my parents still. I was I was pretty late at moving out. I think I was like 24, 25, okay. whatever. Uh, but uh, up to Andromeda, when I started seeing the marketing for it, I fell in love with like the trailers the the ideas that they provided in the trailer uh and then of course the animations and everything looked much better in the trailers because it was polished the graphics yeah. looked better or it was straight up cgi <laughs> yeah a lot of things you were like just blown away oh my god i can't imagine they're gonna do all this oh my god and then uh, when i played through the game i didn't necessarily have the same reaction as everybody else i know mm -hmm. there was a lot of memes but I basically didn't look at the internet for like the entire week. I just kept playing the game. Sure. And when I went down to the net and checked out what happened. <laughs> you like crawled out yeah, of the cave. Like, Holy oh, God. What? what? <laughs> and, and, you know, then I started to see the problem because people kept bringing these up, uh, you know, about the animation. And, so, and I started mm. thinking like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Why? Why are they never moving their eyebrows? Why are they just staring into emptiness and that's why is every asari the exact same face model exactly. that's also besides the horrifying pb model <laughs> yeah uh yeah. she actually looks good if you remove the uh, uh the, the, the makeup mindset. yeah uh, she's so weird with the thing it's yeah so uh <laughs> yeah but i didn't really have the same reaction there i was pretty mm -hmm. tame about it i played through it i liked the exploration i liked the mm -hmm. combat did feel that as many other people said that the trekking with the pathfinder we're gonna see or the uh, not the pathfinder what's it called the, uh, nomad. the nomad right uh i haven't really gotten to that part yet but um i remember i i hated driving around in it uh across entire planets yeah. at, at a point okay everything is just a big empty nothing right now and there were so few things that you can find as much as I like the driving of it, uh, there was just, yeah, the worlds were very boring, generally. Yeah. So, yeah, the, um, that's what I remember, but I didn't really care that much. I kind of dropped the game after that. I was like, oh, okay, I played through it. It was okay. You know, mm -hmm. I didn't have that same reaction when I played the first uh, Mass Effect. Yeah, it's it was interesting for me because the first time I played Andromeda was it was Legendary Edition came out. I played through it once, used no guides, 
didn't get the results I really liked, but it was a good experience. I still tell people to this day, like uh, through my podcast and stuff like that, I've had people be um, like, hey, I haven't played Mass Effect before, but you know, you won't shut up about it. You know, how, what's your suggestion? And my suggestion for people's first playthrough, and maybe this is like demonic, is I tell people not to use a single guide. Don't use anything. Oh, just play all three games. Just play it. You're, it's going to kind of suck. Things are going to happen you're not happy about, and that's okay. That should, like the suicide mission should be scary the first time you do it. And, and, and then, um, and then use guides and stuff. So I played through the game really quick, like I think two or three times after Legendary. And I was like, okay, I'm going to burn myself out. I know there's this other game. I know it's gotten panned, but let's check it out. And so I played through Andromeda the first time and I, I literally, I mainlined it. I did all the main missions. I settled, I think, I think I only settled whatever planets you have to settle. Um, yeah. And then I finished it, and I remember being like, okay, like, that's fine. It, that, that's like a, a solid 6 out of 10, whatever. Yeah. And then I played, I, play, I went through a few more Mass Effect uh, trilogy playthroughs and went back. Because, again, I was like, okay, I don't want to burn out. There's no other games I want to play. Let me, let me fully experience Andromeda. I'll do, well, I won't do all the side missions. I'll do all of the loyalty missions, all the main missions again. I'll, I'll settle all the planets. I didn't even do a romance my first playthrough. So I'll romance somebody. And I did that. And I ended that experience with like, okay, like this is fine. This yeah. is okay. Like the the loyalty missions I actually enjoy. I think they're actually pretty good in Andromeda for the most part. Um, the, the main missions are cool. Like the, the, they're spectacles. It, it, it's... Um, it's like if uh, with the Terminator, Michael Bay, if Michael Bay made Mass Effect, it's these big spectacles and explosions and all that. Right. And then um, and, and so I actually kind of enjoyed that second playthrough. And then literally about two months ago, I tried to play it a third time. Yeah. And that game is it's just it's so long and and it's not long, like in a good way. Like it's like yeah. long and like, a, OK, come on. And I got about, yeah, I got about a third of the way through and I, and I'll, pro and I don't mean this like in a derogatory way to anyone who listens, who likes Andromeda, I'm probably never going to play Andromeda again. Like I've had my experiences with it. It's fine. Decent yeah. game. I have a ton of gripes with it. My biggest gripe, and I'm kind of curious with your take on this is my, and I've talked about this before. I actually, the animations and stuff, that stuff gets fixed. And uh, unfortunately it didn't really get fully fixed. The game still looks pretty bad. Um, <laughs> I, I hate the design. I and I won't go into too much of, of a diatribe about it. I loathe. I hate the design of the Angarans. I I just I hate the way they look so much. I hate how awkward they look. I hate their animations. I just I I loathe the Angaran. I actually like Jal though. He's a great character. He's got a cool voice. Cool guy. But like yeah. my biggest issue with Andromeda, and I'm curious with your take, is I hate that Andromeda is is going to force the developers to acknowledge it moving forward. And it's not that it's it's not that it's a bad game. I hope it gets a sequel one day. I, I, I do. Like I hope it, I hope all those things happen. I just think it was such a it was such a tough choice for them. Because you could tell after three, they were so scared to touch that. 
they they did not want they because I and I remember I think it was the Reykjavik video that he talked about how they definitely weren't going to do a direct sequel to three. They considered doing the first contact war game and then they decided to just blow it all off and go to a different galaxy. And and I get why. Like, it makes sense. Um, that's why this ne- this next game that comes out, I have so much so much uh, respect for them because it seems like it's going to be some kind of direct sequel to four or or to three in some capacity. And that's a bold thing to to take on. Um, It's so bold that the last game ran away from it, literally to a different galaxy. And so like my biggest issue with Andromeda more than anything is it's just, it's going to force the hand of the developers in some capacity. It's not going to allow them to have complete creative freedom moving forward because they have to in some capacity like they're being forced to acknowledge it for better or worse or worse i guess i'm kind of curious to what you think about that uh i agree uh that's uh i wouldn't um that's the thing also because i don't want to make andromeda people uh, angry or people who love andromeda i should say because there are people who love both andromeda and for sure trilogy but I, uh, I definitely think that they're, yeah, they're definitely going to have to, uh, like, refer back to it, at least. I don't know if they have to build a story around it. The thing is, they, they have talked about it a lot. Like, they have referenced a lot of things or hinted at, like Michael Gamble, of course. Especially him. Mm-hmm. Uh, that Andromeda is still going to matter somehow. Mm-hmm. But it is entirely possible, Joe Rogan voice, and so entirely entirely possible that <laughs> that they're just gonna mention it, and that's sure. the case. You know, there is the high possibility that they're just gonna go full on done. You know, I think Dan even said that Big Dan that he he would actually prefer if they did that. He thinks so as well that they're just gonna wash their hands of it, uh, still refer to it to make some mm-hmm. people happy but go on with the uh, story of the Milky Way. Um, I do think, though, uh, as like Cal Elizabeth talked about, mm-hmm. that it's possible for them to sort of redeem Andromeda in a way because of the people that are working at it, you know, on the game right now. Like, sure. I keep bringing her up, Merida Marl. God damn it, I'm going to play Deus Ex just to show off what ex- exactly she is responsible for. But um, I think with people like that in the lead, the likelihood that they're able to sort of bring the two galaxies together is a lot higher. Um, and uh, I, I, I think, I wouldn't say that it's unfortunate that they have to, uh, you know, kind of uh, include Andromeda because it could still matter and they could still mm-hmm. make it, like that storyline could still matter in a good way. Sure. It's just how are they going to do that? Because there are so many complications moving forwards with Andromeda because you can't really, unless you go with the Frozen Shepherd theory, you can't go on with Shepherd if you're going to have an Andromeda sequel and you can't have an Andromeda sequel if you're going to proceed with Shepherd. So it's like, okay, what are they going to do? The bigger majority that we know, we can see that everywhere, uh, the bigger majority of the fan base wants the trilogy to be like it 
they want it to be based on the trilogy and it yeah. to be a sequel. There is a I I wouldn't I can't say numbers here, but looking at my analytics, just <laughs> you know, just a sure. small taste, just a dr drop in the pond, really. But I can say around maybe ten percent of people want an Andromeda sequel, at least from my channel. I think that's ninety percent want to and... see. Well, there, there, it's, it's, it's an interesting bunch because I, and I don't necessarily not want an Andromeda sequel one day. I just really don't want it next. Like I, I like, like the next Mass Effect game can be a lot of things, but it, and it, and it just kind of doesn't make sense that it, it could even be an Andromeda sequel one, because I'm pretty sure everything they've shown us so far has been in the Milky Way. Um, so, so even what they've messaged, but even just from like a, like from EA's point of view, I find it really hard to believe that anyone at EA was like, Oh, Andromeda, sir, make another one. Like, don't go back to the roots and kind of re because, you know, because the Korean arc just never came up because the EA was like, oh, okay, they, this ain't working. Yeah. So uh, no. it's, it's, it's interesting. And, and I think that. The, the problem is, is that I, I think that the people who are either like more Andromeda fans or like both, but like really like Andromeda, I, I feel like they um, almost feel like they're kind of like a like an attacked group. Um, and yeah. they are to a point. Um, uh, and, and so I feel like that like uh, has almost like redoubled their their uh, like enthusiasm for it, where like if, if no one just cared. They would like like the game, but it wouldn't be that big of a deal. But because people like tell them they shouldn't like it, um, and no one should do that. Like people should like what they like. Like I don't. Yeah. It's stupid. It's stupid to tell other people what they should or shouldn't like. It's it's, it's dumb. It's pointless. Um, but I I, I sometimes I, they've almost been like forged like a diamond, and yeah. and into being like super Andromeda fans by people telling them they shouldn't be, um. Yeah. And, and that's fine. Like, I get it. Like, I, I understand. Um, I just think that there has to be some acknowledgement of, like, it, it wouldn't make sense, like, probably just, like, financially to do a game that's focused on a game that, like, in some capacity hurt EA. That hurt. Now, I, I believe financially the game actually did okay. Um, I, I think it actually made money. Um, I'm sure it didn't make a ton of money, but it's not like it like was a big loss, but it definitely hurt the reputation of Bioware. Um, and, and not to mention, and it's one of my favorite things to bring up whenever we're t whenever I talk to people about Andromeda. Um, Andromeda probably could have been like a, like No Man's Sky. Like they, they could have spent time on it. And one of the biggest things that always just makes my like face collapse into itself is to realize that they cut development on, on, and on Andromeda to focus on Anthem. Which, like, it's wild, right? Because, like, as much as I, the issues I have with Andromeda, they didn't even take Anthem as far as they did with Andromeda. Like, they, like it was an even more pulled back experience um, from what it was supposed to be. And it's, it's so interesting to me that, like, in a world where Anthem never existed, I could see that Andromeda probably could have been redeemed more so than it was. It could have been fixed more. They could have released the DLCs. We could have seen the Corian arc, like all of those things. Um, but that's all happened. And yeah. so like, I, I just, I think a big issue that, that, that people have in gaming communities, and I saw it with the division. I've seen it with all the games I play, including mass effect 
is people think that even the opinion of the the like online communities like means anything and it it doesn't like people don't realize say say right now there's a hundred thousand people in the mass effect community across everything who talk about mass effect every day who watch your videos who watch my videos who you know consume mass effect stuff to this day when really there's no reason to it's just be out of fandom That 100,000 people represents a literally drop in the water of the entire Mass Effect fan base. Yeah. And and, and people need to realize that, like, gaming companies look at those 95% of people who don't participate in Twitter and YouTube videos and all that, like, who just buy the game, play it, and then never touch it again because they get that 60, 70 bucks. Um, And and that's who they make. Like, they don't just make the game for the hyper fans who know everything about Garrus's armor and know everything about the Ryder twins birth or whatever. Like, it's it's they they don't make the like they try to please that group that, you know, that that we all speak to. But but, you know, when you have a game that's going to sell five to ten million copies, the hundred thousand people on Twitter or whatever you know, they're, they're loud. We are loud, but we're still not like, we're not everyone. We don't represent everyone. No, very true. I do think, however, that uh, the fandom is uh, very important because if, when it comes to like super fans, uh, what's so good about super fans, essentially, you know, people that are so invested in the universe is that when you have a large group of them, and they basically agree on a lot of things, then you have sort of a roadmap on what works and what does not work sure. in order to get more super fans. Because uh, even, you know, that's why I think percentages of majorities of people are super important. And that's why I think they release these, you know, um, uh, what are they called? Um, polls, basically, where they ask people, what did you choose, whatever. Mm-hmm. Or they, well, they basically uh, collected a bunch of information, sent it out as screenshots. And that's from everyone. That information, yeah, yeah. That's inf- that information is super valuable. And mostly that information uh, does go hand in hand with the online opinion. Sure, and sure. I do think it's really important for Bioware to listen to the fans a lot. Maybe not, you know, go through everything that the fans want. So maybe my frozen shepherd theory, you know, that's just fan fiction. I wouldn't sure. necessarily want them to insert that in the next game just because I like it and because sure. my followers like it, because that would just be dumb. Yep. <laughs> yep. They have to do what's best for the story, of course. But I think And what they, they're passionate what they need, about too. Yeah. What they just need to be or need to do is to look at what people generally think is a good idea or what people liked most from the games and then try sure. to improve on those parts. And the problem definitely with Andromeda, which I will of course bring up in my other video when I release that mm-hmm. is Andromeda basically did a 180 and started focusing on a bunch of other things that people didn't want. And we all saw what happened basically. Of course, yeah. there is the, uh, the issue with the development time and mm-hmm. everything that happened to make it a rushed game, but yeah. all it the was efforts a mess. they it was a mess it, yeah, yeah the, the all the effort they actually spent on the game went to the wrong things mm-hmm. and they should have just gone completely in the route of making a really good script making really good characters uh making sure that your choices really do matter that there's an there's an idea that you can play through the game so many times 
and just not get sick of it. Mm -hmm. But instead, we got to the part about the combat and uh, the gameplay mechanics, and those were just really never the the reason why people fell in love with Mass Effect from the start. It was you know, no one loves Mass Effect One, even the Legendary Edition for the combat. Yeah. I don't hate it. I actually it's 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 fun in its own unique way. But I definitely don't play Mass Effect One because I'm like, no. oh yeah, I can't wait to have a janky cover system yeah. and. <laughs> pick up 300 guns on every mission I have to rifle through. Like, yeah, it's, it's, it's just, it's interesting. Um, what I, I have a lot of faith. Uh, uh, the issue I have, I talk about it in my stream a lot and I try to talk about it in my videos is every time I see someone propose what they think is going to happen or, or when I'm doing it myself, I think of it in three ways. I think about what I want personally as a fan, my, my personal ideal, what I think would be best for the franchise in the long run. And then what I think is actually going to happen or what's possible. Yeah. And, and so like when I see someone say, uh, we're, they're going to go, they're going to send another mission to Andromeda with Liara and frozen shepherd. And you know, the stuff, my gut reaction personally is <laughs> like, no, please don't, don't do that. That's too much. Yeah. My reaction from those other two ways is different though. And, and so it's like, like a big one for me is, is the question on, should they bring back Shepard? Should Shepard be like an NPC, like Hackett or Anderson or someone, or should Shepard just be done? And in my, in my brain, it's like, well, personally, I want Shepard again. Like it's super simple for me. Yeah. I'm a new fan though. I haven't sat with this franchise for 15 years. He's still new to me. So I want more or she, depending on your yeah. preference. I'm, I'm, a, I'm an M chef guy. Um, but what I think is best, you know, but then I think about, well, what's best for the franchise in the long run. And I, I think that to, you know, multiple new generations of gamers, they're going to be trying to sell this new game to, as well as all of the older folks and the OG fans, it might be best to have a new character that they can identify with kind of what they tried to do with Ryder, but yeah. better, hopefully. Yeah. But and better. then what do I think they're actually going to do? You know, yeah. and I don't know. I, I don't know. I have no idea. And so it's like, I get so con cause with this content creation and stuff. And this started with the division where I didn't want to be one of the toxic people. I always try to take other people's like, I, I, I try to see it through their eyes. And so the people who want this to be basically like an Andromeda sequel or the people who want to play as Ryder again, which every time I hear that, I like grab my headphones and I, I don't really, but like, I don't want to play as Ryder again, but I try to understand why they do. Yeah. And so it's like, it's so complicated. And what's so funny about it, and Kala, I think, said something about it. Uh, I made a video. She made that Andromeda Will Continue video. I made one um, that was inspired by her, but basically kind of gave my take on all the things she talked about just to show, like, we're all seeing what we want to see. Like, mm -hmm. we're all seeing the things that we hope for, right? And she made a comment on my video that was very good, where she basically said, like, I'm curious to go back in like three years when this game comes out three or four years and look at all of this stuff and see if any of us were even close on anything and that we probably aren't. We're all probably wrong. It's 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 gonna, like this. This point is really fun. And I think that you and I and I, I suspect you agree. This is the fun part because we don't know anything. So we can say whatever the hell we want. Everyone can have. Um, with the teasers they've released, I think things are starting to narrow down a little bit. 
Um, and I think they're a lot more narrowed down than other people do. And that's fine um, because it's all kind of vague right now. But I just um, I don't know, man. It's interesting. Yeah, I uh, I would say that I think we're narrowing. We're much more narrow now since N7 Day than we were a year ago, uh, especially when you connect all the dots and you see, oh, OK, Geth. Okay, Liara. Okay, we hear Liara. Okay, we hear you said. I think you said that you don't think it's the Geth. I don't think it's the Geth. I think it's a voice modulator. I think it's the Geth because I think they, if they showed the uh, the creator, I don't think Mm -hmm. that you know they they did that and just. Oh, I think the the Geth are definitely in the next game, hundred percent. I have no doubt. Either we're going to be bringing them back or whatever. Um, You mean you you think it's just a way to throw us off to make sure that, oh, okay, we think it's the Geth, but the Geth have another role. Yes. Okay, that's pretty smart. I I think she's talking to someone and we have her contact and we can hear her, but we can't hear who she's talking to. Kind of like in like the Shadow Broker DLC and stuff where like you can hear one side of the conversation, but not the other. Um, yeah, I, yeah. I, that's what I assume. I mean, I have no idea, but I think that poster, <laughs> exactly, exactly. But I mean, I think that poster last year was a big giant, the Geth are coming back. Like, yeah. like, like we're bringing them back in one way yeah. or the other. Um, or yeah. maybe they're still around. It depends on what they do. See, that's the thing is that, you know, we could talk for three more hours about this stuff because you start talking about like, what are they going to do with the endings? What, who are they going to bring back? Uh, you know, where are we going to go? Like, all of that stuff, it, it's just so big. And I, I saw there was some reaction on Reddit to someone posted someone's video that was doing some of this speculation. And some people were being kind of like grumpy about it, being like, well, we won't even know what they're doing for like two more years. People should just calm down. I'm like, we understand that. Like you and I understand that. Like Carla yeah. Elizabeth and Big Dan and all, like we all understand that, that we're going to find out the truth eventually. But let's yeah. have a little fun until then. Like, why not? Yeah, like, guess, why not? Yeah, guess. I've actually, I've actually gotten, I've, I've gotten more annoyed the last few months by comments like, "We don't know anything yet. You're overanalyzing things. Yeah. That's the point. Yeah. God I damn am. it. You don't like, have I think to watch. Everybody, <laughs> yeah. Everybody understands that we're overanalyzing things, but that's the fun part. Everybody knows that theorizing about stuff is fun. Yeah. It's the fun part. Exactly. And then when the game releases, we have nothing more to theorize about, except maybe, you know, what uh, comes the next? inevitable ending, what <laughs> comes next, or whatever. Sure. But leading up to a game, it's always just super fun to engage mm-hmm. with the community, each other's theories, to celebrate yeah. the universe. And, you know, just to not talk about it and not make theory videos and stuff like that, that basically kills the entire discussion, which is the opposite of what Byron wants people to do. Well, yeah, they want like what you- what you and I and what everyone is doing is obviously what they want. They aren't putting out vague hints and all this stuff because they don't know they could give us uh, by now. They should know basically exactly what the next game is. Uh, They may not have it all written. It may not all be completely finalized, but they've, I mean, because we have to remember they've been in, in some kind of pre-production, at least since that for, since that teaser trailer, it may have been a handful of people in a room, Michael was actually thinking oh, okay. game before they even, you know, made that teaser trailer and whatnot. He had been thinking about it for a while. So they okay. for sure had an idea of where the next game could go. It's just that they really started for real this year, I think. 
Yeah, especially, I mean, you obviously having the narrative director is a pretty big deal. So uh, like, and I have a theory and this is something um, I'm kind of curious to what you think. So we all know, um, and obviously I've kind of learned this in hindsight to a point, but Casey Hudson did return for a short stint. And I have always kind of assumed like that should have been the time when they were beginning pre-production on this next game. And my assumption has been that they basically said, hey, come back and help us kick off this next game. Um, and I assume they knew he was starting his own studio, but that was going to take time. He had to find, especially, I think it was during the pandemic. So he had to get a building. He had to find employees, which unfortunately he's stolen like half of Bioware's people, but that's a, you know, that's a different story. Um, I was so happy. My first Bioware dev followed me and I was so excited. And then like two weeks later, they announced they were going to humanoid, which is still cool. Like, I'm not going to complain, but, um, I suspect that he probably came back to just help them set some of the the foundation. Um, or maybe he didn't. And maybe you know more than I did. No, I, I, that's possible. I don't really know anything about... Uh, I know that... What did he return for? Wasn't that for Dreadwolf? Dragon Age 4? I don't know. My, my, I remember when I, when I read some articles and basically it was, I was under the impression he came back for just general consulting. So my assumption is that after the events of Andromeda and Anthem, they were like, Oh, I come, like, come back. We need, we need some help. Like, um, That's new to me. Yeah. So I would need to look more into it. And, and, and obviously I, I'm sure people, the one thing I've learned about Bioware is that when with Ubisoft massive, I got to know a bunch of devs and I may or may not have found out a bunch of stuff long before the game came out. Mm-hmm. Um, Bioware devs don't talk to anybody. They, they don't talk to anybody. Ass and been like, hey, have you talked to Michael Gamble? You seem suspiciously to uh, know a bunch of, and like, no, I'm just digging through the internet. No, the, the first time I actually got some form of engagement from Michael was when I wrote to him on Twitter and asked, hey, are you moving platforms? You know, because of the Twitter shebang thing. And he was like, oh, I'm staying. That's, that's the only yeah. interaction I've gotten with Michael or yeah. anyone from anywhere. So, no, yeah, he's he's like vaguely interacted with me a couple times, but that is like a lockdown fortress, yeah. man. Like they, they, they're, they're, I mean, maybe stuff will leak one day. Who knows? But it's they definitely. Um, it, it's been and it makes sense because of all of the stuff that they've been through over the last ten years. But yeah. um, it, it's it's that was definitely an interesting um, an interesting thing I noticed. Quiet about it because the thing is, as much as I'd like. Uh, to like have a source that just feeds me information. It's like, oh, feed me, Seymour. Mm-hmm. I um, I think it's better that they don't because the fact is, if I were to figure something out or get to know about you know what they're doing, that would essentially if that would influence my content creation mm-hmm. because that 100%. would have of what they're doing. So it's just better that I don't find anything out because that helps me because it makes me excited that I don't have to, you know, know anything and I can keep being excited. Uh, but I, I don't think it's a, really a good idea to to have any like real, you know, information from from the devs because it could definitely. I don't know because I, I've never had it, but I think it could. You know more than I do if it could, uh, you know, actually change your perspective on your content creation. It 
absolutely did. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Magic is so huge on story. So if they told me something about the story, I'd probably, you know, talk about it to some extent without people realizing it. And I don't think that would be a good idea. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's such a, it's, it's one of those things that like you, everyone wants to know the information. Like I want to know about this next game, but once we find out, then it's done. Then, then, then the excitement for that is over. Now it's exciting to, it'll be exciting to actually play the game and, and stuff like that. But you know, we are, we're in a moment right now, which is fun. And, um, and, and, and I think it's okay for people to enjoy that. Yeah. Being able to just discuss, talk, theorize. It's, it's just so fun. And the thing is, uh, I've always experienced that whenever just the thing comes out and we know it, it kind of, as much as maybe the thing is good, like, you know, like God of War Ragnarok, the, mm-hmm. there was a lot of going on about God of War Ragnarok, especially from Captain Kuba. But when it did re- get released, it, the, the discussion around it kind of died all of a sudden. Yeah. Like it yeah. completely. But because, yeah. oh, okay, this wasn't at all what people thought it was. Oh, and sure. this, oh you know, so it kind of killed a lot of the, the the discussion. I saw several God of War creators just getting completely burnt out because they were like, oh, okay, that's it then. And then you have to like restructure your whole, I you know, idea sure. of the franchise. Yeah, I think it's just better they're drip feeding us small hints because that gives me... <laughs> So much more ammunition to do. Stuff. Sure. Well, no, what they're doing right now is perfect. And and I think even from like a transparency point of view, like I, I was, you know, pretty on like when the division two was about to come out and, and through its whole development, they, they did some drip feeding, um, but not nearly as good as what Bioware is doing for a game. That's still multiple years away. Um, here's the weird thing. And I talked about this to a few people, uh, I think in my stream the other day where I was like, do we know more about mass effect? The next one than Dreadwolf, which is a game that's probably coming out next year or well this year now. Uh, I, I think we kind of do <laughs> like for some strange reason, it feel it, we don't really, because we know that Dreadwolf is set in solace uh, and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, the the country um i i for, I, I know what you're talking about i forget though you know, it's we we know what the setting is going to be uh we've seen small demos of like uh the 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 action you know it being sort of like a third person shoulder combat a little reminiscent of uh mass effect 3 and mm-hmm. uh god of war which i'm like oh sh- yeah i'm fucking sure. yeah oh yeah yeah, but, after the combat of Inquisition, I'll take almost anything else. That seemed that seemed like a cool idea, but then just generally, uh, I don't really have an idea of what they're doing with the Dragon Age Dreadwolf. Um, we don't know yet who is the main character. What's there's just a bunch of things that you thought we'd know by now. And comparing that to Mass Effect, I would say that we basically know as much about Mass Effect sure. Sure. as we know about Dragon Age Dreadwolf, which is super weird. Uh, do I, you, I'm really, hmm? do you, are you worried about how, whether Dreadwolf is good or not, how that will impact the excitement for the Mass Effect game? No. Same. I'm in the I same I don't boat. think because generally most people from my channel... Uh, and I say this again, most people 
numbers wise don't uh are not huge fans of dragon age most of them are mass effect fans specifically that's sure. again part of the audience a small part of the audience but i still don't think that as people are saying oh this is bioware's last game before they collapsed before mm-hmm. ea shut them yeah. Last time it was Andromeda, last time it was Anthem. Anthem. Mm-hmm. I know Bioware is a very recognized brand overall. I think Bioware is one of the last studios EA would just shut down because sure. of the potential of them making an absolutely mind-blowing, amazing game. Of course, they could just hand off the IP like Mass Effect to another uh, company, uh, who knows, you know, maybe they do a better job or not with the sure, games. Sure. But I don't think that just if Dreadwolf fails, I don't think that means that the next Mass Effect is going to fail because as we know, there are different people working on the games. Like, yep. you know, Mary Demarle example, she mm-hmm. is just working on the next Mass Effect. She's not sure. working on Dreadwolf. Mike is not working on Dragon Age. She's just working on Mass Effect. There are just a bunch of people that specifically work on that game and no mass effect in general i think even despite uh, i think inquisition actually is the game that has made the most money over the years that would make sense sure but mass effect is unfortunately i'm just going to say this like it is it's the more recognized brand mm-hmm. it's when people think of Ma- bioware they usually the think shepherd yeah, yeah they, they see shepherd's face yeah i mean it's just and then there's dragon age but the crazy thing is, uh, Dragon Age is just not necessarily as talked about. You, I mean, you can just look up the numbers on Google Analytics. Like people sure. aren't talking about Dragon Age at all compared to Mass Effect. You could say that's because of the Legendary Edition mm-hmm. and content creators and whatnot, but still, it's just. I think it's just the more known brand, and sure. I don't think that just because if Dreadwolf and God forbid. Dreadwolf is horrible. I really hope it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if it isn't amazing, <laughs> I don't think that's going to make sure that, oh, the next game for Mass Effect is going to be, you know, that it's off the tables. No. Well, for me, it's a matter of just knowing and looking into the development of Dreadwolf and that it's been what rebooted, I think, like twice or three times. Like yeah. it was, it was supposed to be multiplayer co op at one point and they took that out. Like, the the game has been through development hell and like Dreadwolf probably shouldn't be good. I hope it is. But when you see what it's gone through as a game, it, it's very much in, okay, let's just get it out there territory. Yeah. And that stinks because people love Dragon Age. And yeah. I think it seems like there hasn't been any bad news about that game in like a couple years. I feel like it's been, it seems like it's been stable. So I wouldn't be surprised if they put out a solid product. Um, But I, when I've seen people say like, well, we'll see how this Dragon Age game is. And then I'll see whether or not I'm excited for Mass Effect. I'm like, like, that's just, that's just a weird take to me. I I just don't think, um, I I don't think it's as connected as, as people maybe want it to be. Um, Yeah. I don't think so either because yeah, of course. If Dreadwolf is a disaster and it's like the worst game of the year, that would probably bring Bioware to their knees. And if the next Mass Effect is equally as horrible, 
I could imagine probably yeah. East IPs being shipped off to someone else and Bioware just being deconstructed completely. Uh, but probably just give always... everything to respawn. <laughs> they, yeah, they, everything respawn does is great. Yeah, like that's that's the only thing I could see happen. Sure. Is if both franchises fail, yeah, okay, they're done. But I don't think that Bioware is done just because Dreadwolf would be horrible. I think yeah. they still have, you know, they have two... They have two shots left, basically, I'd, I'd say. Probably. Then yeah. again, Maybe not. Okay, well, we can kind of start wrapping things up a little bit. I do have a couple of quick questions for you. I have, and this is going to be as blunt as possible. Do you personally want to play a Shepherd again? This isn't what you think is actually going to happen. This isn't what you think is best for the franchise. This is you. You sit down with those sticks and you hit the on and you hit start game and it pops up. Do you want Shepard to be the person you're pushing around or do you want it to be something different? I'm going to say yes, I do. Because I love Mark Mir, I love Jennifer Hale, I think their performances are amazing, I think they're amazing voice actresses or voice actors, mm -hmm. and I think that they are both such huge fans of the games themselves, and they want to come back so very hard. Uh, and just because they are, to me, like what Luke Skywalker is to Star Wars. Sure. It's yeah. it's that's just simple. And the thing is, for me, for some really weird reason, or I think a lot of people could agree with this, is that I don't perceive, as much as I say that Shepard is the player character, Shepard is supposed to be us. I don't see Shepard as us. I nope, see. I Shepherd, don't either. I see Shepard as Mark Mir. I see yep. Shepard as Jennifer Hale. They yep. are Shepard. And so I see them as characters, no matter if you use the default face or if you use the customized face. Just yep. when you hear their voices, you're like, I know what Shepard's story is. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter if it goes uh, Renegade or Parag Paragon, because the story in overall is just the same. And it goes down and, the same tunnel. Sure. Yeah, so, yeah, I would absolutely fucking love it to play a Shepard again, just because I love those guys. Yep. Uh, a new character or writer if they could pull it off sure if they could pull it off you know sure that, that's, that's i'm i'm on board but i would prefer shepherd um for sure what what, what do you what do you think i what i want shepherd like? again i i want shepherd yeah. again i, I I'm, I'm very much in a mood for the next game of i have this like very defined vision of what i want it to be fully acknowledging that's not going to happen like like knowing that my exact now maybe bits and pieces may actually happen but i want i want shepherd again um because like every time someone says well, well shepherd's story is over shepherd's story literally ends on a cliffhanger like yeah like it's <laughs> i hate like that 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 point and and the big thing for me is that and and this is me as a newer fan and so maybe i don't fully understand but, you know, the original endings, you know, Shepard dies in all three, as far as we know, right? And then they did the extended cut, and they had this ending where if you worked extra hard through all three games, basically, if you do all the right stuff, you get this special ending that heavily suggests that Shepard lives. 
the interesting part there is uh, the the shepherd breath thing mm-hmm. that was also the original cut. So that was the best ending, even there that you see shepherd's oh. breath, but didn't get the uh, the uh, you know the whole uh, shabacle of them talking about what happens after the galaxy. You don't get the thing where your love interest does not hang up the sign. Sure, but the breath was still in the original cut. So didn't know that. Okay, so like they don't put that in. They don't put that in for no reason. The same with like I've come to the conclusion that that 2020 uh, teaser trailer that confirmed the next game. I'm sure that game that that trailer like I know people have like and I think you've even made a video on it of like, let's try to figure out what planet that was on and stuff like I suspect that whole trailer is just a proof of concept the game is coming back here's some things that look familiar here's some sounds you've heard before this is mass effect but you do not and this is me as a newer fan but i still am very passionate about it you do not put liara to sony on camera holding up a piece of n7 uh, helmet and and expect me to think because I see this comment all the time. Well, there's lots of N7s. It could be anyone. It's just you don't. Because and, and you can correct me if I'm wrong. But they didn't they kind of do that with an N7 with Andromeda. Where they kind of vaguely like here's an N7. Who is it? Like. Yeah, the difference is there is that in Andromeda, you see someone in a completely different armor. Uh, yeah. The initiative armor, the different design, and mm-hmm. it's an Andromeda. You're like, okay, how would Shepard make it to Andromeda? Sure. Of course not. the 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 th- big thing here is that it's Liara that's picking up an N7 piece of a helmet that looks like it comes from the old armor, and is like, mm-hmm. oh, oh, okay, I see what they're doing. And then the Reapers, you know, it, as, the as dead said, Reapers, it, yeah. It, that entire scene could just be made up for mm-hmm. the sh- trailer. But I do think that the elements that we see are still important. That the dead reapers very carefully picked out. Yeah, it's just they're 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 giving us tastes of what it is, but this entire trailer is just you know, it's it's nothing we're gonna see, of yeah. course. Mm-hmm. But other things are supposed to make you feel like, oh, okay, they're they're referencing Andromeda a little bit just to make sure that oh, okay, mm-hmm. it happened. It's you know it did happen but we're focusing on the next game after the third game come back guys come up that's how i saw it you know mm-hmm. that's why i reacted like i did i was like oh, they're telling me to come back oh you sure know, that's how i reacted and a lot of people did i just think <laughs> i think it would be a very bold move for them to do that and then be like, ah, we're just, ah, we're just kidding. <laughs> like, just kidding. It's a thousand years later and everyone's dead except Liara. Yeah. And it's... Uh, the, the theory I did yesterday, like the Frozen Theory live stream, mm-hmm. I thought that up because people have been on my ass again about, oh, I want to see Shepard so much. And then I have had equally as many people be on my ass about, but I want to see Andromeda matter mm-hmm. well. And you're like, uh, well, okay, let's let's do a thing where we see both Ryder and Shepard. It's possible, you know, we know that it, it is possible, but mm-hmm. then your other squad mates are probably dead. So do you really want that? Is that well, the and, implication? 
and, and that theory is a good one to explain to people as well to be like, okay, this is how many boundaries of the, the, the grounded world that they established in this series. These are the boundaries they're going to have to push to make yeah. that work. Like yeah. both from a story point of view of them having to, you know, jump through hoops. And, and again, you start to ask questions of like, do they want to jump through hoops for Andromeda? At this point, uh, no, because like my whole thing is that I really want this next game to be a very Milky Way focused game after the Reaper War in some capacity to, to, to reestablish the franchise. And then if it does well, ship us back to Andromeda. Let's see what's going on there, too. But like one before the other, because the whole idea of them doing like a dual, I've seen like the dual timeline. Maybe we'll play half the game in Andromeda and half the game in the Milky way. Like then you're splitting your workforce 50, 50, or you're splitting your time 50, 50, and you're going to get 50% of both instead of a hundred percent of one. And that's me. This franchise and Bioware needs a hundred percent of something. Yeah. And I just, and, and I've seen people be like, well, they can use those three relays that the Geth put together for the telescope and they can shoot people to Andromeda or they can use Meridian to send yeah. people back in time yeah. and stuff. And I'm just like, maybe, I don't know. We None of us know. But yeah. like, I'm a very keep it simple, stupid person where it's just, you know, what's the simplest way they can do things because like for me, like a big part, a big thing I talk about all the time is that like the initiative had to be a just insanely gigantic operation yeah. to, to build these arcs, to build the nexus. Um, so uh, something that happened recently, I just assumed they did all of that, like on some like hidden away. I never realized in the opening of Andromeda, they did this stuff behind the moon. So <laughs> then... So so now it just drives me crazy every time I play the trilogy because I play Mass Effect 2 and 3. And could they not have in the Legendary Edition just added a couple of voice lines that go through like the, the news where they're like, yeah. uh, the initiative is now recruiting people to go on the Andromeda mission. Like to just at least retcon a little bit to, because cool. oh, it would have been perfect. They, and they, I think they almost needed to do that because it would literally just be audio files to put in game development's hard i'm not gonna act like it's easy but like no. because once i realized that the at least the the arc that the hyperion was docked behind the moon like people would have known about this situation like yeah. like it wasn't like this was a top secret thing like i initially thought it was so it's like they're gonna to have to figure that stuff out but what i think is really interesting is they could do a milky way story that is original and involves Shep or not, whatever. But a big, I want a huge side story that could be breadcrumbs to an Andromeda sequel to be learning about the initiative. Let's yeah. see their shipping docks. I want to see where they built these ships. Is the mysterious benefactor still in the Milky Way? Did they stay behind? Did they go with the ship? I, I, don't, I, I think that some of that stuff is in question. Like they can explore a lot of Andromeda and talk a lot about Andromeda without going to Andromeda. Yeah, but I also think that that's a good idea that you mentioned before. Uh, focusing on the Milky Way first and making a true sequel to the third mm -hmm. game. I think, you know, looking at it financially, that's probably the best move because if the next Mass Effect is a smash, absolute hit, super amazing, everybody loves it. Most people love it. 
as you said, they can then just, you know, maybe they could hire more people, get a smaller team working on a sequel like they do for The Witcher right now. You know, they have multiple uh, Witcher games for Mm -hmm. uh, for different studios uh, in CDPR. So Bioware could do that if they could just nail the next Mass Effect or uh, even Dragon Age Dreadwolf. Sure. Open another smaller studio or something and focus on making the sequel to Andromeda and establish Mm -hmm. that and make that sort of its, its own thing. And then they could, as you said, leave breadcrumbs from the next Mass Effect game to Andromeda, and then maybe there's some form of connection. Sure. Ryder and Shepard never meet, of course, because no. there's a 600-year time gap, but we get two different stories that overlap with each other throughout the years. And I yeah. think that could be a super smart way to build the franchise and make people be like, oh, shit, we have Andromeda fans uh, that start loving the next Mass Effect, and then we have people who love the next Mass Effect and OG fans starting to like Andromeda. Mm-hmm. You know, and it just starts mixing in a good way. I think that's a good idea. I think that's yeah. the best, the smartest financially, the smartest choice for EA overall. And and that kind of goes back to what I was talking about before with considering the entire fan base. Yeah. I, I and, and and the thing is like I never want it to seem like I'm being like antagonistic to Andromeda players and stuff like that. I'm not a huge fan of their game. It's fine. That's just my opinion. I want them to get a sequel one day. Because if they get a sequel one day, that means that the Mass Effect franchise and Bioware are extremely healthy. Yeah. And so that's a good thing. And I would love them to have another crack at Andromeda to give us more than two new species that basically look the same and to give us a better story and to expand to the whole galaxy, not just one star system and to like to actually make a Mass Effect game in Andromeda instead of that thing that we got. I, I want to see a fully realized Andromeda game because it'd be really cool, yeah, but we didn't sure. get that. And I don't want more of what we got. Like I've a big thing I've said repeatedly is I really hope Andromeda was a lesson and not inspiration. Yeah. There, there, there's parts of Andromeda that are really cool. I love that when you park your ship by a planet, you can look out the window and see that, that planet. I love that. The Nexus is, it reminds me of, well, Andromeda is basically Mass Effect 1, right? Like, like they basically tried to do a similar thing. I love that the Nexus is this big, sprawling ship you can run around and do stuff. I hate the fetch quest. I hate yeah. some of the side missions on it. But I, I like the idea of it. Like, Andromeda does a bunch of cool stuff. Um, I'm actually one of the few people who doesn't love the combat. I like the jump jets. But the gunplay, I don't care for. Um, and the cover system's atrocious. But the skills in the jump jets are pretty cool. Um, I'm also one of the few people who doesn't like switching my class. I I think you should be a class and I think that should be your class for the whole thing. But that's like my old school grumpy old man. It's on the med bay and reset it. Or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, um, I don't know. I just, I could go on forever. Well, I will kind of wrap it. It's not amazing. What's that? Sorry. Andromeda's combat is good, but it's not amazing. Yeah, I think it, Act 3 has better combat, to be honest. Overall, it's more refined, for sure. And and I'm really curious, too. I mean, I know I've basically concluded. I'm sure you have, too, and other people. Like, this game's going to be on Unreal Engine 5. So, and, and people need to remember that the Mass Effect 2 and 3 combat was the way it was because 
Unreal is the Gears of War engine, and the Coalition and Epic work very closely together developing that engine. So if you want a preview of what the next game's combat will be similar to, you can look at Gears of War 5, and that's probably, or Gears of War 6 whenever it comes out. It's at least going to be the basic feel, because that's the basic combat of Unreal Engine games. Um, obviously, I'm sure you know Bioware will do its own thing, but... Um, it's just, I'm, I, I guess I'll, I'll kind of start to wrap it up with, um, well, let's, let's talk about, you know, release dates. Cause that's a popular topic. What is your honest gut feeling about when we may actually see this next game? I, I keep saying this, but, uh, I, I won't promise anything because I don't know anything. Obviously. Actually, uh, my gut feeling says late 2025 holiday 2025 somewhere so that would put it around the five-year mark ever mm -hmm. since the, that first teaser trailer so i think that's that's a good uh point and because of what we know about the unreal engine 5 is that uh it's supposedly now this is what i've learned from people who have used it and stuff it's much more advanced than frostbite uh oh, it yeah. can be overwhelming to some people mm -hmm. that have never used unreal before but they have a much better uh, user uh, sort of feedback system. So mm -hmm. if you need help, uh, there's like a system for where you can uh, look up what, like how to troubleshoot things and just learn how to do things, which is something that Frostbite doesn't have because you have to build everything from the ground up. So oh, they uh, have to call up your friends in Sweden up at DICE know, to get help with it. And that's a pain. Yeah. And uh, Unreal Engine 5 is is simple because you can just troubleshoot and look, oh, how are you doing? Oh, okay, that's how you do it. And then they have these systems where, uh, what's it called? The facial animation, whatever. MetaHuman has the, uh, yeah. Insanely detailed things like this. And it's like, holy shit, they have so much more potential with this engine. And then since it's Unreal, I assume they can just import a lot of the assets from the old Unreal. So They could, yeah. in theory. One of the things that excites me about Unreal 5 the most from a development point of view and why I, I also think 2025, I think um, probably I, I, my guess has been early 2025. I have a friend who actually used to work for EA and now works for uh, Ubisoft, um, who I asked him, he's a high up developer in one of their studios. And I was like, here's what they're hiring right now. Here's what they've been putting out. Like, when would you think this game could come out? And he guessed, like, 2024. I think that seems way too early, but I'll, I'll take his word for it. But the thing that he pointed out to me um, is that Unreal 5 has a lot of very um, high-efficiency tools. And one of the ones he pointed out to me that he's, like, jealous of because the engine they use doesn't have it is that MetaHuman that can make all the random faces and all that. It's what you were just talking about, I think. They can feed voiceover lines into the model and it automatically and very right. realistically does the animations for the face and wow. you can even set it to be like angry and sad and and it will automatically do it very realistically and so if you think about from a developer's point of view not having to hand animate every single word that it's done by the engine and then you can go in and touch it up obviously but if you think like i can't even imagine the percentage of time animators spend on video games just animating like speech. Yeah. And if you have a tool that that does 95% of the work for you, that's a big deal. Like that's a huge a deal. deal for 
game like Mass Effect that has so much dialogue. Yep. I mean, imagine having that system for the next Mass Effect and everybody's faces are animated just like faces move when you talk, when you look around and when you do other stuff and you're like, holy shit, most of this is automated. Like this, I think Unreal 5 is definitely, especially because of MetaHuman, is just the best way to move forward because that's something I'm noticing right now in Andromeda. I know because I played Andromeda on release, mm-hmm. I do remember seeing like how the animations were just lackluster as hell. Like mm-hmm. people barely move their faces, blah, blah, blah. And then now it's when bad. I play it again, you can see that they have fixed a lot of the animations for the faces, but sometimes they've overly animated mm-hmm. certain expressions. And it's like, why do you suddenly do this? Mm-hmm. Yep. This really fit the style of the game yep. <laughs> so yeah yep. that's probably hand animated because they couldn't do it any other way so yep. unreal engine 5 metahumans freaking awesome i can't wait to see it it's a reason to be excited yeah. um well i have a lot more to talk to you about but i should probably let you go and not take you too much and i think i'm gonna have a little one pounded at my door so um if you want to quickly kind of talk about where people can find uh everything you do your youtube and stuff like that um Please uh, let them know now. Uh, Mr. Holton on YouTube, Mr. Holton on Twitch, Mr. Holton on Twitter. Same everywhere. <laughs> nice and easy. Um, well, uh, Alex, I really appreciate you coming on my podcast, and uh, I suspect we'll do it again sometime. Yeah. Okay. Well, there's my chat with Mr. Holton. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. It was a really good to talk to him um, and kind of pick his brain and uh, get some of his perspectives and thoughts Um, for someone like me, who's newer to the mass effect series. It's nice to kind of get uh, the perspective of like more of like an OG fan. um, And obviously someone who's one of the uh, more um, known and established mass effect content creators, uh, because it's definitely a different perspective from my own. Um, so uh, that was great. Uh, I really hope you enjoyed it. Um, I'm sure he and I will chat again sometime. Uh, if you liked the conversation, make sure to like the video uh, here on YouTube. Subscribe to my channel for more of this. Uh, I've got a bunch more Mass Effect videos. I've got a weekly gaming podcast called The Echo Cast. And, um, you know, there's lots more content coming. Um, Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Uh, you can catch me on socials at Bond Diesel. You can catch Mr. Holthen everywhere as Mr. Holthen. And uh, that's all I have for this one. So until next time. I'm gonna go get some more.